You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. De Bruyne, oh, one mil city for Niles! And Pogba leaves for McTominay! Kane! Oh, what a finish! And Chibu Puki! Salah to settle it! And Ruben Neves! Chelsea, and that could be the goal that seals the title for Liverpool at long last. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, a tad predictable, with your host, Tiriwa Chanakira, and his guest, Jake Jackman. It's game week 32, and you know what that means. It's another brand new episode of A Tad Predictable. Now, obviously, Bank It or Burn It has been getting really, really heated up over the last couple of weeks. We've had changes at the leaderboard, I think, two weeks in a row, kind of. Um, Currently, Jody and Alex, the ladies, both tie at the top with 18 out of 25. Guy Drinkle, our executive producer, stepped up last week and you know, in the first four games, he had 15 out of 20. And then I'll let you know what score he ended up on when we get to that segment. But you can't speak about Bank It or Burn It without, you know, at least mentioning the OG king, the OG goat of Bank It or Burn It, Jake Jackman. And I've brought him back onto the show because Jake needs to try and reclaim his throne here. Jake, welcome. And how are you feeling about how the leaderboard has changed up top for Bank of the Burnet? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be back on. But I would—I'm not sure I've ever really lost my 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 uh, my place at the top of the leaderboard. If we if we look back at when I got those 17 correct, I only got asked 23 questions. I think oh. there was some. I, I'm, I'm not pushing the blame onto you here, but <laughs> all I'm saying is I was somewhat handicapped in that great run of mine and maybe 
maybe I've yet to rediscover that form, but you know, I was two two questions short. So who says that I wouldn't have got both of those right and be sitting still top of the leaderboard? So I'm going to go down my Jose Mourinho route of uh, ignoring what is in front of me and these statistics and, and claiming that I'm still there at the top. So oh, you know, if any a... if any mathematicians out there want to work out my percentage correct in that run compared to uh, Alex and um, Jody's runs, and I'd, I'd be quite happy to see it. But I would guess it would be more percentage correct. So there we go. That is impressive because yours would round up to about 74% uh, in terms of correct answers and theirs would be at 72%. So you do edge them from, from that perspective. Yeah, I mean, that's all that, that's all that needs to be said, I think. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what they have to say about that. I, I know Alex is on the show next week and I think Jody might be scheduled for the week after that. So we'll, we'll see what they have to say about that. But we will have um, the Bank It or Burn It segment, of course, later on in the show, and we will reveal Guy's score. You you might even, you know, have to take on an even higher score than that. And and your points per game average um, theory could be could be flawed if if Guy does well, you know, on that last game. So we'll see. But um, we will start off this week with a team that is playing two games this week: Tottenham Hotspur. They travel to Goodison Park. They play Everton. Jake, these are two teams that aren't afraid to score goals, but not necessarily the best at keeping them out. How how do you see them matching up? Yeah, it's going to be uh, an interesting match. I think it's one that both teams have to win, really. Uh, Everton have got a game in hand, but they're, I think they're now seven points off the Champions League places, and Tottenham are six points back. So both of them really need to win. There's not much margin for it for either. Um, I don't think either of them will get in the top four, but they've still got slim hopes. But yeah, they need to win this game, especially if they are to get there. Um, Everton haven't really been good at home this season. I think they've won. I think they've won five out of fifteen at home, which isn't great. So um, yeah, so that's probably being what's holding them down in in that sort of like eighth, ninth position is their home form. Especially recently, I think they've lost to Burnley, Fulham. I know they lost to Newcastle a few weeks ago. And they might have drew to Palace last time out. So, yeah, their form is not great. And they've had some pretty good fixtures at home. So that's uh, something they're going to need to work on next season if they are to progress under Ancelotti. But, I mean, they probably couldn't have picked a better team. Tottenham are in crisis at the moment, really. Um, They've not been good at all recently. They obviously got knocked out of the Europa League in quite an embarrassing fashion. Um, Then lost to Arsenal, uh, I think, before that, which which wasn't great of them. Lost the lost the lead last week against Manchester United, and Manchester United probably could have won by more. So, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's really not been good. And e- even before that, they played against Newcastle the week before they played Manchester United, and we we were much the better team, and we probably should have won that game as well. So, the performances haven't been good. Mourinho seems to be coming out with all the the stuff he does at the uh, when he's coming to the end of his time at a club. So, yeah, they're very reliant on Kane and Son to get goals, I think, and that's, that's still the case. And they've definitely got the quality to beat Everton, but they're going to have to improve on on the sort of the level of performance they've been showing recently. But Everton haven't been great either. I've obviously, just mentioned their home form, but I didn't think they were very good against Brighton either last week. They were somewhat lucky to get a point there, and they just seem to be running out of uh, running out of steam as we come to the end of the season. Um, and they've got a few key players missing as well. I think Calvert-Lewin is probably not even going to be back with this one. So, yeah, it's it's, it's going to be tough for Everton. Um, but they, I think it's going to be quite an open game. I just don't think either team can defend too well. Um, but 
yeah, I think I'm going to sit on the sit on the fence and, and call a one-all draw here. I just don't. I have no confidence in either team. So I, even though I I don't rate either that much at the moment, so I can't back either of them sadly. So I'll go for the one-all draw, but probably expect Harry Kane to score because he's the only good thing going on at Tottenham at the moment. I'm I'm sure he would, as Harry Kane always does, be chasing that golden boot. At at least if he's not going to get a trophy this season, I, I know they've got the Carabao Cup to come, so maybe he gets one there. But at least individual accolades, he's never one to shy away from chasing those. Um, in terms of Everton, as you mentioned, I think the injuries might be their undoing in this game. We know they're already shaky at the back, but when their midfield uh, players like Decore are missing. I then get worried for them. Um, obviously, Yeremina at the back is another one with that groin injury that I would feel more comfortable for them if they had him in there. Um, but we'll see. I can see Tottenham getting a win in this one just purely because they're going to have more firepower than, than Everton and not necessarily, you know, they're going to have a better defense. They're just going to be able to score more goals and, and take their chances a, a lot better than Everton will be. I'm going to go with a 2-1 Tottenham win for this one and we'll see how they get on in the, the next game later on. But we move on to a team that obviously we're very privileged to have you on here because you know everything about Newcastle, the ins and outs and, and how the season has gone so far. Um, they seem to, for me, they just seem to be doing enough every single time, every time someone tries to threaten the fact that they could be in relegation danger or anything like that, the moment that conversation creeps up, they just go and get a win or go and get the draw that they needed. And they're coming up against a side who's probably in a similar vein, but for maybe better reasons in West Ham, who are refusing to give up this top four fight. They they just keep getting wins and, and have a revelation in, in Lingard at the moment that it's definitely got a shot to to go to the Euros. Yeah, definitely. West Ham have been in good form and they deserve their place in the top four at the moment. Um, but yeah, the, the, recently, they they obviously Lingard takes headlines every game at the moment, but recently they haven't, they haven't really impressed me much in the last few weeks. They, they've been getting into these three goal leads earlier, then they keep letting teams back into games. And I think Wolves were probably the better team when they faced off a few weeks ago even though West Ham won that game. Leicester in the second half were, were much the better team. Um, and obviously Arsenal got back from, from three goals as well. So they do, they seem to start quickly and, and then sort of fade away. And and they are missing a lot of key players now. I think Aaron Cresswell's injured. Mikel Antonio's injured. Um, I think they've got a couple, a couple of other injuries, Declan Rice and maybe a centre-back. So they're starting to lose players. And when you start to lose two, three, four players out of a team like West Ham. They don't quite have the same depth as other clubs do. So it's going to be a, a huge task for them, especially, I mean, our form's not been great. I think we've won something like three games in 21, so it's not it's not good. But recently at St. James Park, especially, we've been playing quite well. I think we probably should have beaten Tottenham. We, we were the better team when we played Wolves and Aston Villa. And then before that, Crystal Palace and Leeds were, were two games we were unlucky to lose as well. So... We've been quite unfortunate to have more points in our home matches. And I think that after last week's win, uh, with the return of Wilson and St. Maximan to the team, I think that this is a this is a game that people will be expecting us to lose, which I think is quite a and it, but I think it's quite a good one for us. I think West Ham their results recently are, are perhaps clouding some of the, some of the problems they're having without their injured um 
players. I think that um, they're probably fortunate to get the three points um, against Leicester and Wolves. Um, so I think I think it's a good one for us. I actually think we might win this weekend. I think that it's got to the point now where we've got those two players back. If if we'd have had them fit for the last two months, we wouldn't be in 17th position. Um, I think we probably wouldn't be much higher, but I, don't, I think there'd be a much bigger gap to Fulham. And I think that we've got some tough fixtures coming up uh, and this is probably our easiest one. And I think it's... I think it's it's a good opportunity. People won't be expecting much from us, but we've definitely got the the pace and the, the quality in attack to cause West Ham problems. They seem to be they struggled against the Dharma Triore a couple of weeks ago. Last week, Ian Acho's movement caused them a lot of problems. And in St. Maximan and Wilson, we've got two players that, that match have similar qualities to Triore and Ian Acho. So I think that yeah, I think I think it's gonna be a good matchup for us. And I think that this is just gonna be with Cresswell now being injured, it's gonna be one injured player too far for West Ham. And I think we might see a a slight drop off in performance, and Jesse Lingard, as, as well as he's been playing, he can't continue to score at that rate. <laughs> so <laughs> at some point, it's going to come to an end. Um, I can see West Ham scoring, but I just think that in our position, the confidence we got last week, and with the two players coming back in, uh, and and this being a home match, I think that we've got. I don't, I'm going to tip us for the win. I, I saw, I've seen enough in the last couple of weeks. It's more the Tottenham game than last weekend because that was the last home game. We played really well in that game. Um, and we should have won. And if we'd have had Wilson and St. Maximan that day, I'm sure we would have done. So this week we will have those two players. And I think that West Ham, are, are, are some, I, I, I think that the injuries are getting to them. So yeah, I'll tip us for the win. Um, but I think that's maybe my bias creeping in a little bit. But um, yeah, I think this is a good opportunity for us to make that gap even bigger to the bottom three and to move above Brighton and Burnley. So I think it's one that, we kind of have got to take at this point. So yeah, I'm going to tip off for the win. And I think that Callum Wilson could be back in the goals. Nicely done. And the scoreline for that one? Yeah, I think I'll go for 2-1 for that one. 2-1, yeah. And lastly, from my perspective, just to help me with my prediction, what are your thoughts on the behind-the-scenes stuff at Newcastle? Do you think that has any effect on the players at the moment? Or... As you say, the, the the two key players coming back and there's more starting to come back. Um, Newcastle were hit with the injury bug uh, the last couple of months. Do you think they just carry on to, you know, focused on, on pitch stuff and, and leave all of the behind-the-scenes stuff to, to one side? Um, I think it definitely has an impact. But I think we've seen in the last couple of weeks that senior players coming back in, obviously Wilson coming back in, but we've got Matt Ritchie back in the team. Paul Dummett back in the team. These are players that are quite senior players at Newcastle. I think as as much as the the ownership and the management position are, are probably both very precarious at this point, I think that the players now see that they've just got to pull us through it and keep us in the Premier League. And I think that that's definitely the, the main focus going on at the moment. And this this is a game that we, we could definitely approach with a with the intent of winning it. We we beat them in the first day of the season. Um We've got quite a good record against West Ham in recent seasons as well, so it's definitely a game that we should we should approach with confidence, even though our positions in the league table couldn't be more different. But yeah, I think it's definitely one that we we can try and win, even though they're in the top four, West Ham. Um, you still go into a match against them with a little bit more confidence than I would against a an Arsenal or a Chelsea or a Liverpool, purely just because of the sort of the historical positions of those two clubs, all, all those clubs. You just think that. West Ham are riding a curve at the moment, but at some point they're going to come back down, and and likewise with the you know Liverpool, Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal. At some point they're going to go back up. So you know there's there's still that, I guess that mental 
mental block against those top six clubs that even though West Ham are in those positions at the moment, it doesn't exist against them. So that's why I'm maybe more confident than I should be playing the team fourth in the Premier League. Yeah, it, it makes sense. Um, from my perspective, I think these two teams are meeting at kind of like an access point at a crossroads where I think this is the point in the season with Newcastle getting a lot of their players back where they just secure Premier League um, safety for for another season and, and we'll see what that leads to going forward, obviously behind the scenes as well. And on the other side, West Ham, as you said, if they continue this run of form with the injuries that they've started to pick up and maybe, you know, the legs starting to tire and demand being put, uh, more emphasis being put on on some of the key players and, and not getting maybe as much uh, respite, I, I think it just might be a perfect storm for Newcastle to come and cause them problems. But considering you know, West Ham's ability not to, at this present point in time, I mean, one loss in, in their last five games, I find it hard to to give them a loss in this one. I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw. I think West Ham do invite other teams to score goals, but they love to score goals as well. And I think I speak for, if I say 70 to 80%, um, it's something I could easily check now, but a mo- large majority of fantasy league players that, Jesse Lingard scoring is kind of a nailed on thing at the moment. Oh, that's interesting. He's only selected by 27% of fantasy players. So I, I don't know how people are surviving fantasy league at the moment, not having him in their team. He's a steal at 6.5 in my opinion, but I, I'm, I'm banking on him scoring again in this game and going to make it a 2-2 draw. Would you be happy with a 2-2 draw? Or Obviously you've predicted the win, but you know, um, in an in the longer, you know, um, emphasis on staying up is is a draw enough in this game with the fixtures coming up for for Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I'd take I'd be happy with a point if it, if it was offered for me right now. I just think I'm predicting the win out of out of pure um, bias. I think, but yeah, a draw would be a good result for Newcastle. Those six points up against Fulham. If we drew the West, rest of our matches, that would probably be enough to stay up. So you know, you got that. We're in a position where our margin for error is much larger. So we, we don't have to go in. If, if, say, we'd have lost against Burnley, we'd have, probably have to win this weekend. But with those three points, gives us a little bit of a cushion, takes the pressure off a little bit. Um, and yeah, I think this weekend, pressure's all on West Ham. They're the ones chasing something. They're the ones, and they'll, they'll be looking at it, thinking, oh, we're playing the team in 17th position. We've got to go and win that. Whereas, you know, against Arsenal, um, Maybe Wolves, but especially Arsenal and Leicester, they, they were perhaps even seen as the underdog in those matches and that suited them. Whereas this week, the pressure will be on them to win. And yeah, I think that dynamic is going to lend itself to, to Newcastle doing quite well. I, uh, that is expert opinion on Newcastle for all of you guys listening. You know, as I say, privilege having Jake on to be able to just break down everything Newcastle for us. Jake, we move on to Wolves versus Sheffield United. I think... Two teams that probably haven't had the seasons they were expecting this season. Yeah, that's fair. Um, it's not. It's not going to be one that I'm going to make sure I'm free to watch. I don't think it's going to be <laughs> a great one uh, to watch. Neither, neither team score enough goals for me, and especially with Neto going out injured for for Wolves is a big blow. So they're still about Jimenez. Um, yeah, I think they're just trying to to get through to the end of the season. Um, and likewise with Sheffield United, currently got a, a temporary manager. 
they're as good as down at this point. Um, they're probably trying to build up a bit of confidence, but I think the players are not going to be going for it at the same same uh, level as other teams in the league. So I think this one could be quite a quite a dull watch. I don't think it's going to be a lot of energy in it. I think it's going to be maybe one one moment of magic or a mistake that that decides it. But I think I might tip the nil nil draw. I just can't see either team scoring many goals at the moment. I think that's the safest prediction. So nil nil draw, which I'm sure may help me later in my bank it or burn it questions. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure that was in the thought process in this prediction as well. Um I, I don't doubt that at all. Now, Jake, we're in a unique position in that all of the games bar one are going to be on Sky Sports this weekend. Um for those of our listeners that are in the UK and the Thursday game, Leicester versus West Brom, that's going to be on BT Sport. But usually, you know, games are all over the place and there's simply one solution to that and that's Liberty Shield in terms of being able to watch all the games without a hassle of trying to figure out where all the games are going to be. And as I mentioned, Liberty Shield, they are our presenting sponsors in association with EPLindex.com. So we thank them for sponsoring the show. Check out libertyshield.com. You can make sure that you know they. You check out all of their services. They've got ability to help you, you know, with your privacy and security issues in terms of hiding your IP address from spies, hackers, just by encrypting your internet traffic. You can also avoid geo-blocked and government-imposed restrictions to any of the websites that you might want to visit. So it's just a really, really cool. Um, tool to use and and to be able to allow you to enjoy your viewing pleasures and not just that but they've also been able to give us a 20% coupon code if you want to save 20% just enter the coupon code EPLVPN on your checkout and and you will be able to to unlock that 20% code and just you know for those of you that are still on the fence just to know that they do have a 40 hour uh, 48 hour free trial period if you want to check out their services to see if you if it's really something for you you've got the 48 hours you know if you don't like it you can always cancel the subscription but they're pretty confident that um you will be 100% satisfied with the services that they provide i certainly am someone that have benefited greatly from having liberty shield this game, but uh, as Jake says, you know, I'll, I'll still watch it, but it will probably be a game that will be on another screen. It won't necessarily have my full attention, but um, I, I don't see many goals in this one as well. I think just because of the unlucky season that Sheffield United have had this season, I'm going to go with the 1-0 Wolves win. I think Wolves will somehow dig a goal out of this game. Um, and it just seems that's the way the season has gone for Sheffield and that somehow teams still get to score, even if, you know, the game is dull, they just end up on the wrong side of it. But speaking of teams that are hoping not to end on the wrong side of things, two teams that, you know, it's a London derby, it's Arsenal versus Fulham. Fulham still have hope. Um, they're still trying to cause a miracle and as you said Jake they're, they're just behind Newcastle in terms of league position but when you look at points differential Jake they're six points behind your, your boys Newcastle and Newcastle have a game in hand on them this has to be a must-win game for for Fulham surely and and arguably also a must-win game for Arsenal who 
currently sit in ninth place. Um, they won't be happy with that. But if you're looking top four aspirations, they're 10 points behind West Ham, who are in, in fourth place. I, I think top four is done for them. They're just too many teams in front of them that need to to basically stumble for them to get in. But at least in this game, in terms of importance, I think it, I tipped the balance to Fulham in terms of trying to, to get a win at all costs. Yeah, um, it's going to definitely it's getting close to a must must win game for Fulham. Um, if Newcastle take something out of the um, the West Ham game, whether that be a point or three, then it, it will become even more difficult for Fulham. Because at the moment, I think Fulham have it in their mind if they can get if they can be within three points to Newcastle on that final day, they've got a chance. But you know, increasing it to seven points or even nine points, it just makes it so much more difficult for them. So. They're going to have a clearer idea of where they stand when they kick off. Uh, Arsenal had a lot of fixtures recently, obviously playing the Europa League tonight. So there's a, an element of tiredness maybe in, in that. And they're also in ninth position with with a, little, a very small chance of getting any sort of European football next season. So maybe they're not going to be as committed to this game as they would to others. Um, but then Fulham have just played Leeds, Aston Villa and Wolves, three teams that that have relatively little to play for and they lost all three of them. So, um, and, and you'd have to say Arsenal are better, are better have more quality than those three teams. So, it's a really difficult one to call. I think that Arteta needs to finish the season strongly, even though they're in ninth position. I think they need, do need to go on a little bit of a run in the Premier League and try to get up that table just to sort of solidify his own position. I think that the Europa League result might have a big impact if they win in the Europa League. Maybe... There's less pressure on this game, but if they lose in the Europa League, maybe they have to try and salvage something from the league season. Um, but yeah, I feel like Fulham have, have reached past the point now. I think they went, they had that little run of form. They went to Anfield and won, and then they've lost all every game since then. So um, that was sort of their point to push on, and they've they've sort of lost it. I think, um, and I think. Oh, I can maybe see them get something, but even in the last couple of weeks, I've not been that impressed with Fulham. And they, they need to get back closer to that Liverpool performance than what they've been showing recently. They've definitely got the quality to go to the Emirates and win. They won at Anfield. Um, but I just think Arsenal might have a little bit too much quality. Um, maybe see a one-all draw. I think that the tiredness will creep in for Arsenal, but I'm, I'm not sure that Fulham have the goals in them to win here. I think that Fulham to win need to score probably two or three goals and I just don't see that in them I think that they might get one but I can't see them keeping a clean sheet against Arsenal so yeah, I'll tip the one all draw um, and hope that you know Newcastle win on Saturday to make this a a less nerve-wracking watch for me Interesting you mentioned that you think Fulham might get the one goal I'm 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 holding on to that in, in my prediction I'm going to go with the one no Fulham win I think the distraction of Europe is going to be too big for Arsenal. You know, in terms of just player focus, I, I, I think that's had an effect on, on Arsenal this season where the players are kind of looking, where can we get the trophies? Where can we, you know, kind of get some sort of accolades? And Europe is, is their best chance this season. I think I think it's always been in the players' mind that it's their best chance this season and it's kind of reflected their form in, in the league table. So on the back end of European football, I, I just think that the players 
are not going to have as much in this game uh, as you'd want them to. And you'd hope that they would as professionals, but we, we've seen the way they've approached some of these games. I, I haven't been too impressed with them this season. I think also the emphasis on Fulham have to just win out at this point in time. It, it's getting too close. Um, and I think Newcastle have enough in, in them in the fixtures that are coming up um, to, to end the season that unless Fulham start to really put pressure on them, this could be over well before the last day of the season. So I think it's a must-win game for Fulham from my perspective. I'm going to go with a 1-0 win here for Fulham and, and we'll see what effects that has both on the the league table from at the bottom of the end and then also for um, Arteta, as you said. He still needs to finish the, the season strong. I, th- I think there still are questions regarding if, if he's going to be the future for Arsenal. I, I doubt they'll do anything this season in terms of getting rid of him. But the pressure then would really be... Ra- um, really be up for next season if he doesn't finish this season strong. Speaking of finishing seasons strong, Man United have four wins and a draw in their last five games, Jake, against a Burnley side who have lost back-to-back games but were starting to show a little bit of fight in in terms of the the Burnley that we're used to seeing um, making games really difficult for teams how you know what are your thoughts on Man United so far this season and then obviously the the mixed season we've seen from Burnley is is this a game that Man United kind of just brush Burnley aside and, and continue the the good record that they've had this season um yeah I think Burnley I think this season at, at the moment are more open than we've come to expect them um and I think they, they struggle against players that, that run at the at defense, we saw that with Adama Traore a couple of uh, a few weeks ago. Um, I mean, in the past of Adama Traore, we saw it was against Southampton with Danny Ings running at the defense. We saw it last week with Saint Maximan running at the defense. They seem to struggle against those sort of players. And Manchester United have loads of them. They've got Rashford, Greenwood, um, Daniel James. They just and Pogba. You know, they, they've got the types of players that will just do well against Burnley. So yeah, I just I think Burnley are going to finish closer to the relegation zone. Newcastle will so on that basis I think they're not going to pick up many more points and yeah I can't see them going to Old Trafford and getting anything I think that they're going to be too open um, they just, their style seems to have changed it, and it doesn't suit them I think their midfield two of, of Westwood and Brownhill aren't great I think they were better when Jack Hall played but they seem to be sticking with that and I think that Manchester United even though they're playing Europa League football like Arsenal I think they're going to have too much quality um, against Burnley and yeah, I can see Burnley falling down the table before the end of the season. Um, I'm sure at some point they'll go on a run of two or three games of clean sheets and getting seven points out of a possible nine, as they often do under Sean Dyche. But I think they're in a bit of a bad spot at the moment. I can't see that change at Manchester United. So yeah, I think I'm going to tip the the three three nil Manchester United. I think it's going to be quite comfortable. Um, and yeah, I think it might be one quite early, and we might see the game sort of disappear into nothingness in the second half as they sometimes do for Manchester United I think we might see Fernandes get a rest at some point because I just think they're going to win this one and they're probably going to win it early yeah they've they've looked impressive this season in terms of just getting games over the line um, it might not be the prettiest football all the time but they know how to get wins this season a Burnley side as well that is not consistent at all. I think they're going to struggle in this game. I'm, I'm not happy with that two-man midfield in terms of personnel at the moment. Uh, as you've shared, I, I share your sentiments there. I think 
Man United's midfield is going to be just too strong for them. And I, I, I struggle to see where Burnley get goals in this one. Maybe you could say some sort of tired legs from United. Um, but a, a, apart from that, United should still have the quality. I'm going to go 3-1 just because I, I can see Burnley getting a goal in this game somehow. Um, you know, we know the likes of Vidra have been put back into the team and kind of playing well and gaining momentum. They could get the goal in this one, but I don't think in, in, in any means it means they're, they're going to be going on to trouble United too much in this game. And you mentioned the fact that this game could tail into nothingness. I think that's when Burnley could then get their goal. Sort of when Man United have decided, okay, we've kind of won this game. Uh, let's drop it down into second or third gear. And, and that's where Burnley might try and get a, a goal out of something there. But Jake, there's no room for second or third gear when it comes to bank it or burn it. And you obviously, as the longest reigning leaderboard, uh, you know, guy at the top of the leaderboard, you you were there since episode two. So I think that was your first go around at Bank of Burnet. You had the 17 out of 23, as you said, the 74% <laughs> points per game score line, the most impressive points per game or, or scores scores per question ratio that we've got on the show. But the two ladies that currently top it, Alex Letizia and Jody McInnes, they both have 18 out of 25. That was episode 24 and episode 26 are you feeling confident? Like, I, 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 you know, that 23 questions, I, I definitely take, if I want to say 100% of the blame or 99% of the blame, because it was the first time we introduced Banker or Burnett. I wasn't necessarily clued up on how fast I had to ask the questions. And, and I think I may have had the handbrake on there for you. But I think I've gotten those kinks out of the system. We haven't had a 23 question you know, round of Bank of Burnet for a good while now. So in knowing that you're probably going to get the 25 questions, especially from my end, I'm going to be whipping them out. So as long as you got the answers, you know, firing back at, at a similar pace, we should be fine for 25 questions. Does that make you a lot more confident? Yeah, I think I think that today, maybe in my last few outings, I've, I've been complacent. I didn't expect anybody to get close to 17. So now I've got even though I still see myself as as the as the best, I I better just put it beyond doubt and get to nineteen or twenty and uh, yeah, put put my put my marker back down. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, and, and I'm loving the confidence. So we'll see how you get on. But before we do, let's just make sure we've got the right scores in terms of leaderboard. So I, I mentioned earlier on Guy Drinker on the first four games last week. When he had a go at the show, he had uh, 15 out of 20 for those games. Um, and then going into the last game, he had the five questions. He was trying to see if he can maybe get on top of the leaderboard there. The last game for him was Burnley versus Newcastle. So it's interesting that it was a game involving Newcastle and, and we have you on this week around. But for that game, he had possession 55-45 to the home team. He said burn, and he was wrong. So he didn't start off well on that one. Um, offsides, uh, three offsides, he banked that one. That was wrong. That's not looking good for Guy. Under 20 clearances, question three, he burned that one. He got that 
question three right. Okay, he's got one out of three there. Oh, boy. The last two questions he got wrong. So, Guy absolutely bottled it. He got one out of five in the last five questions. So, he ends up with a score of 16 out of 25. Now, I, for one, am absolutely disappointed with that. Jake, I I hope you're not going to pull something like this off because this is absolutely shocking. Yeah, I don't think I want to replicate that. (laughs) (laughs) Guy, uh, that's inexcusable. One out of five, when you had set the table of 15 out of 20, you then go and absolutely bottle it. So the leaderboard stays as it is. 18 out of 25 is the score to beat Jake. Um, For those that are listening for the first time, first and foremost, thank you for joining the show and, and listening this far in. I'll explain the rules pretty quickly. Um, it's 15 seconds will be placed on the clock. Jake will try and answer all five questions in each of the five rounds before the 15 seconds runs out. I'll read each of the questions. Jake will shout bank it if he thinks that the scenario will happen or he'll shout burn it if he thinks the scenario won't happen. And the fixtures that are involved are the five fixtures we've discussed so far. So that's Everton Spurs, Newcastle West Ham, Wolves versus Sheffield United, which Jake has given a nil-nil score there, remember. Arsenal versus Fulham and Man United versus Burnley. The questions, you know, Jake, so you can start to get your head around them. A is possession 55-45 to the home team. B, over three offsides. C, under 20 clearances. D, goal from outside the box. E, point to the heavens goal celebration. Are you happy with those questions and, and you kind of formulating answers as, as we start to get into this one? Yeah, yeah, I'm happy with those. Awesome stuff, awesome stuff. So we will kick it off with Everton versus Spurs. And I'll put the 15 seconds on the clock as we speak. Jake, your 15 seconds starts now. Possession 55-45 to the home team. Burn it. Over three offsides. Bank it. Under 20 clearances. Bank it. Goal from outside the box. Burn it. Point to the heavens goal celebration. Burn it. Burn it. Oh, awesome. What time to spare as well. Yep, I I think we got this. I think we got this. I think I'm confident with these questions. Oh, (laughs) you are tempting fate here. If, if, If you don't come up with a big score I'm, I'm going to be very disappointed um <laughs> we'll move on to your boys newcastle they take on west ham your 15 seconds starts now possession 55 45 to the home team burn it over three offsides bank it under 20 clearances burn it goal from outside the box bank it point to the heavens goal celebration bank it interesting who did you have in mind when you were thinking goal from outside the box? <laughs> I had Alan St. Maximan in mind. Oh. He's, quite often, he's quite often just outside the box. It's normally marginal. Okay, and he, also, so... he normally does do a bit of a point to the heavens goal celebration. I've seen that from him before. So. We will have the That's tape fun. measures ready. Don't you worry. Um, there was an interesting one last week as well for Guy Drinkle's score where the guy chested uh, you know, chest the ball to control it, volleys it just outside the box and then sort of runs into the box after he's already taken the shot. And the tape measures were out for that one, trust me. But luckily, there was another goal in that game that was clearly outside the box. 
I think it was uh, for one of the questions and, and that just solved everything and made it, you know, a lot easier to judge. But the tape measures were out and and there were some discussions with the dubious goals panel on a tad predictable. But we'll move on to Wolves versus Sheffield United, the game you've predicted as nil-nil. Now, I'm pretty sure we know what your answers are for DNE, but maybe you, I don't know, you might panic during the questions and give the wrong answer or something. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if the pressure gets to you in this one. Uh, your time starts now. Possession 55 45 to the home team. Bank it. Over three offsides. Burn it. Under 20 clearances. Bank it. Goal from outside the box. Burn it. Point to the Heavens goal celebration. Burn it. Are you sure? Are you sure of that yeah, one? I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nicely done. Uh, that makes life so much easier when you got a nil-nil scoreline prediction for that one. But we move on to Arsenal versus Fulham. This one's a 1-1 prediction from Jake. Let's see how that affects his scoreline predictions in this one. Jake, your time starts now. Possession 55-45 to the home team. Bank it. Over three offsides. Bank it. Under 20 clearances. Burn it. Goal from outside the box. Burn it. Point to the heavens goal celebration. Bank it. Bank it in the end. That is interesting. And I suppose with low scoring games, that maybe plays into these goals. How many goals in the game do you reckon will be from outside the box? Maybe a free kick or something? I don't know. But you've definitely predicted a lot of goals for the next game and the last game, that is, for this segment of Banker or Burner. Jake, you predicted 3-0. Um, we'll see how you get on your time. It's for Man United versus Burnley, and your time starts now. Possession 55-45 to the home team. Banker. Over three offsides. Banker. Under 20 clearances. Burner. Goal from outside the box. Burner. Point to the Heavens goal celebration. Bank it. Bank it to end it off. Thank you so much for playing along, Jake. And I'm so glad we've gotten the 25 questions on the board. So no excuses this week. Let's see if Jake can climb back on top of the mountain. Um, obviously, as I said, he had the leaderboard record since episode two. Jake, that feels like years ago for me, <laughs> having done all these episodes. But... <laughs> You know, speaking of that seemed to be years ago, we've got a team that won a league last year, but based on how they've performed this season, that does seem like it was years ago. Liverpool travelled to Ellen Road to face Leeds United, a game Leeds United, who, you know, surprised maybe a lot of people in that opening game against Liverpool where they kind of, you know, put them to the task and, and took them pretty far into the game where Liverpool were not sure if they were going to escape that game. How do you see the reverse fixture going? Yeah, that was a really good game. Um, probably one of the highlights of the season, to be fair, and it came so early. Probably gave us hints of what to expect from Leeds and maybe gave us hints that Liverpool weren't going to be the, the dominant force they were last season. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this one plays out. We obviously saw Leeds go to to Manchester City and win. It was their first win against their traditional top six team. So that would definitely be a confidence booster for them. Liverpool, uh, now they've got their sights firmly on one goal and that would be to get into the top four. Um, three points off West Ham. It's definitely doable for them. But 
it's little margin for error now due to the the sort of disappointing run they had around Christmas. Um, got some good fixtures coming up. Obviously got Leeds, and then they've got um, got Newcastle, Manchester United, Southampton, West Brom, Burnley, Crystal Palace. It's only really that Manchester United game that you'd think is a one that could cause problems for them. So yeah, um, I think Liverpool are going to get the job done here. I think that. Leeds played well last week, but maybe getting the man sent off sort of played into their hands a little bit. They didn't have to be so open. They definitely did push back and defend a little bit. So, um, yeah, I think that I think they'll definitely be confident from that. But I think Liverpool want to bounce back. I think they've been pretty strong in the Premier League recently. Um, I'd like to see them go quite brave and play Jota, Firmino, Mane and Salah. I think they've, that's when they've looked at their best this season, when they've had all four on the pitch. So I'd quite like to see that and Leeds being so open and playing man to man. I think it's gonna it's gonna play itself into Liverpool's hands a bit. I think and they'll be more prepared for, for what happened on the opening day of the season. Um, even if they are missing a few key players. So yeah, I'm gonna tip the Liverpool win. And I could see it being a three two. I could see it being quite an entertaining game. But yeah, I think the Liverpool should have the the quality to win and they'll definitely have the motivation after what happened in the week. Yeah, it's it's been a disappointing week for Liverpool, um being knocked out of the Champions League. I think, you know, obviously a lot happened in that first leg that, especially the first half of the first leg of that Champions League game that just kind of killed the tie for Liverpool and and really was an uphill battle for them to get back into. But as you mentioned, in the league, they've kind of gotten some semblance of form, you know, three wins on the bounce now. And in those three wins, I've predicted draws every time for for Liverpool and that you know for for those games and it's kind of become a superstition type of thing for me i'm i'm going to predict a 1-1 draw because i've predicted a 1-1 draw the last three liverpool games and they've gone on and won them so spoiler alert that you know there there's no real science behind why i'm doing that but it, it's worked so far so we're just going to keep that one rolling but in terms of how Liverpool approach it I agree with you I would love to see all four of Jota, uh, Firmino, Mane, Salah on the pitch give that attacking presence I just don't know if Klopp will do that because of the the end-to-end games Leeds will probably get Liverpool into in this game I can see Klopp doing the thing he loves to do in end-to-end games of putting the workhorses in midfield and so there won't be that much creativity coming from midfield and then he'll just bank on the three up front to get the goals. Barcelona, they haven't done that really that much. Obviously Jota has come in now and then but he, he had a long spell where he was injured so he's not had an opportunity to do that for an extended period of time specifically looking at Mane and Firmino when I say that I think they have like three goals or four goals in their last 20 odd games for Liverpool I think that's just shocking at the moment so it'll be interesting to see how that game pans out Um, but Jake's gone for the 3-2 I've stuck with the 1-1 draw because that seems to be working for for Liverpool at the moment and as a Liverpool fan I'm I'm not going to sway from that but Jake Chelsea who obviously had that surprise or not surprise when when they I guess when they went down to ten men against West Brom, they then went last week and and sort of corrected the ship again, getting the win and also securing a semi final spot in the Champions League. That West Ham game was just a blip, right? The, this team looks really impressive at the moment, and they're coming up against the Brighton side who they play good football, but it doesn't always result in them winning games. Yeah, absolutely. I think that Chelsea are 
are just a good team now. And I think that the West Brom game was a blip. I think that, that the man getting sent off didn't help them. And it seemed that day that everything West Brom hit went into the goal, which isn't going to happen every week. So, um, yeah, I think we can write that one off. Um, if you look at you know the amount of games Tuchel has overseen as Chelsea manager now, that's, that definitely looks to be the exception. So we've got to treat it as such. Brighton are slowly getting to the points total they need. They obviously beat Newcastle a few weeks ago. They got a good draw against Everton, although they'll probably feel like they should have won that. Um, but yeah, they've only lost once in their last four, Brighton. So they're, they're in a relatively strong position now. Um, but yeah, they don't score many goals and Chelsea don't concede many goals. So I think we're going to see a tight Chelsea win here. Um, I quite like the attacking three they're going with at the moment with Mount and, and Havertz and Pulisic. I think that they do complement each other well. So I'd quite like to see them stick with those three. Um, but yeah, we might see a little bit of rotation from Chelsea, especially as now they're in the, the semi-finals of the Champions League. They'll probably think that they could rest a few players in this one and still get the win. Um and yeah, I can see them winning. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to tip the 1-0 for this one. They, Chelsea don't seem to to blow teams away unless they're called Crystal Palace. And uh, <laughs> yeah, Brighton don't seem to concede many, but they don't they struggle to score themselves. So yeah, I think I'm going to go 1-0 Chelsea. Yeah, it, it's definitely a game where I, I think Chelsea will come out on top. I actually think Chelsea will get a couple of goals in this one. I think they ride the wave that they've been on recently in terms of good performances obviously as you said that West Brom game we kind of just keep it as an outlier and them having been down to 10 men it makes sense to do that I think they're going to come out on top I'm going I'm to give it a 3-0 Chelsea win um, I don't see Brighton scoring as you said they they don't score many goals um, this season and, and that's been a problem throughout the whole season for them whereas Chelsea I think they're kind of settling into into a good rhythm under Tuchel and I think they, they're just going to have too much power and too much momentum for this game and, and for Brighton, unfortunately, for them. But we mentioned earlier on, we teased it, we said Spurs have two games this game week. Their second game comes against Southampton, Jake. Um, how do you see them handling this game? Obviously, it would be the second game of the week for them. They didn't. They don't have the European problems or... You know whether it's a good problem or a bad problem. I, I guess it, maybe it's a problem they would have wanted to have at this point in the season, but they don't have European football um, a time of recording tonight because they're out of the Europa League. But they would have just come off the back of having travelled to Goodison Park to play an Everton side that's probably going to make it quite a difficult game for them. How do you think they then handle Southampton, who, you know, with Spurs being at home? It's likely that Southampton are just going to counter them to death and trying to be clinical. Yeah, um, Southampton have been <laughs> probably the worst, one of the worst teams in, in the league since since um, the new year. They've not been good at all. They've really slipped down the table. Um, and yeah, it's a weird one. The performance against West Brom was awful. It was really bad. I know they got, I think they got the FA Cup semi final this weekend, so maybe had one eye on that. So, uh, although Tottenham do play twice in the Premier League, Southampton also play this weekend. So, that, I don't think that's going to play a part at all. Um, yeah, so, I'm, I'm diff- I think that Tottenham are, are just going to have too much quality in this one. I think Southampton, are, they just, I think the, the way the football's been this year and the amount of games, it sort of sapped 
some energy out of Hassan Hutu. His teams need to play such high energy pressing games, and Southampton have definitely seemed to have suffered, and they've definitely tired and got a little bit leggy as the season's gone on. Um, I think that injuries have hurt them as well. Yeah, I just think that they're probably focusing a, quite a lot on that FA Cup game, so maybe we'll see a a little bit of a, a poor performance against Spurs, maybe resting a few, or or just there being a lack of energy. Um, if players have to play after that FA Cup game, so yeah, I think I think Tottenham will have a, a too much for them. And if, if Southampton play the way they did in the in the the fixture at St Mary's, where they just played such a high line, and Harry Kane and Son Son just combined, I think for about four or five goals that day. I think I think Son scored four goals. It was it was practically the same goal each time as well. Just a Harry Kane picking it up in the halfway line, playing it playing him in behind the Southampton back four. I think that we might see that come out again. Um, I think that Southampton are the perfect opposition for Mourinho's Tottenham, as we saw earlier in the season. I think they'll probably get the three points again. So, yeah, I'm going to go for the the three-one to, uh, Tottenham, and uh, yeah, I think that Son could be the player that stands out most, like he did in the other fixture. I'm sure that will be music to Tottenham fans' ears, and that would end, I suppose, a, a, a really decent week for them. I guess a draw and a win. I, Maybe it might not be, you know, ideal for Tottenham. They they might want both both games to come off with wins. But based on Jake's predictions, he's got the one one against Everton and then a three one, you know, confidence booster win against Southampton. I predicted an a Spurs win in the previous game, and I'm going to predict a Spurs win in this one as well. I think you mentioned and and it's a valid point in terms of. Both teams are going to have played, you know, are going to have played a game and going into this one, it's going to be their second game of the week. And that kind of levels the playing field a little bit here. I wonder if the fact that it is an FA Cup, um, you know, I wonder if maybe the Southampton players are going to put too much energy into that game. And then also they don't necessarily have the depth that Spurs have to then go and and field a, a fresh team in in this game. So I, I think it's just going to be an issue of Tottenham's quality coming, you know, rising to the top purely because of just squad depth. I think they're going to have the squad depth and they're going to have the players that are used to playing two games a week and, and being comfortable to recover in time for those games and also being able to just psychologically, mentally, to be able to handle two games a week and and not sort of put all their energy into just the one game and, and have nothing left for this game. So I'm going to go with Jake in this one. I'm I'm going to go with a 3-1 as well. I'm, I think that that's a decent score line. So we both go with a 3-1 there. I doubt we'll have the same score in the game that follows this one, but we'll find out. Jake, it's Aston Villa versus Man City. Obviously, Man City coming off a surprise defeat the previous week, um, but they've qualified for Champions League semi-finals. They come up against an Aston Villa side who every week they're sort of, you know, waiting for Jack Grealish to come back, it seems, and, and then he ends up getting another setback um, on his recovery. So at the moment, are, are Aston Villa kind of in limbo until he comes back or can they get something out of uh, out of a game against a very, very strong champions elect? Yeah, it's going to be uh, an interesting to see how City bounce back from that Leeds defeat. I think Villa without Grealish have been quite poor, to be honest. But then they got that win against Fulham. Obviously played quite well at Anfield, even though they didn't get the win. So, um, yeah, maybe there's a little bit more confidence within their squad. But 
they're in a pretty thankless position now. They're, they're going to finish comfortably in the middle of the table. I can't see them pushing them for Europe. They're not going to be anywhere near the relegation. So maybe there's going to be a sense that they might take their foot off the pedal a little bit. Um, and especially about Grealish, I just don't think they've got the quality to beat Manchester City. Um even though Man City did lose to Leeds. I think Leeds had two shots in the game and they both went in. So, I mean, that's going to happen very often. If Aston Villa have two shots this week, it's probably going to be a Man City win. So, I think that's what I'm going to go for. I think Man City will bounce back. Um, they won't lose two games in a row in the league. I doubt they'll drop points in two games in a row. So, yeah, I'm going to go for Man City win. I think it'll be quite a boring game. I think it'll be Man City dominating a lot of the ball. But I don't think they're going to put everything into scoring goals. So, maybe a 2-0 Man City win. Um, yeah, quite a routine one. Interesting stuff. Um, yeah, I, I think for Aston Villa, this is going to be a tough game. Um, Man City, I'm assuming, you know, the, the, the mindset and the game plan for Man City going forward is secure the league as quickly as possible so that all attention can be focused on finishing off t- um, trophies and, and, and the cup tournaments that they're still in. Obviously, they've got the Caribbean Cup still to, to go. They've got, um, as well, the Champions League. And then, obviously, if, you know, if you're counting the, the Premier League as well, then they want to secure that cup as well. And then they've also got um, the FA Cup. So there are a lot of cups that they're still in, um, which is impressive for, for, for any team. Um, but this Man City side, with the squad depth, I think they're going to be able to rotate the squad well enough to be able to play Chelsea on Saturday um, in the FA Cup and then go on to play Aston Villa and, and still get a win there as well. Yeah, I, I just think they're going to put emphasis on this game and, and not sort of brush it aside because they want to secure Premier League as quickly as possible so that they, you know, and hopefully, I guess, from their perspective, if they've won this weekend against Chelsea in the FA Cup, then they'll have a fi- FA Cup final to look forward to, semi-finals for Champions League to look forward to, and one step closer to to securing that league title and reclaiming the the league title that they they lost last season. So I'm going to go with a 3-0 Chelsea win. I mean, 3-0 Man City win in this game. I, I think there's going to be just a, a, enough firepower from them and, and enough rotation to be able to see this game off. But Jake, we end the weekend with an interesting fixture. Um, interesting fixture. We've got Leicester versus West Brom. A Leicester side who have had two losses on the bounce they've kind of opened the door to, you know, a top three race that I thought the door was kind of closed on a couple of week back, weeks back. And they're playing a West Brom side who are refusing to go down. They they don't want to get relegated right now. They've got the two wins. Um, obviously, we spoke about the Chelsea game when we, when we mentioned Chelsea earlier. But are they starting to click from an offensive side, side of things, starting to get some goals or, you know, and, and, and will that allow them to trouble Leicester who haven't had the greatest form of late and, and are starting to open a door and a possibility to not necessarily even getting top three, but they might fall out of, uh, you know, the Champions League spots as well. Yeah, it's definitely um, getting a, getting a little bit of deja vu for Leicester after what happened last season. Um, yeah, it's not looking good for them, um, but I still think they're going to, they've got a strong run of fixtures coming up. Um, they got, Obviously got Southampton in the FA Cup, so that that gives them a little bit of uh, respite from the league and maybe give them a little bit of confidence. And they follow that up with West Brom, Crystal Palace, Southampton, Newcastle. You know, they're four games that 
they win all four, which they should on paper, they've got to, they'll probably solidify their position um, in the top three. So, yeah, I I think that maybe the obituaries about Leicester season have been written a little bit too early. I think that they've got some winnable games coming up. Although West Brom have improved, I think Mateus Pereira has definitely been a big factor in that. They've been playing him in his sort of favourite position off the striker, and he seems to really be striving. Um, but then they played against the Chelsea team of 10 men and played very well. Then they played against the Southampton team, which I just previously said have, have been probably the worst team in the league since since the new year. So maybe the excitement about them is a little bit too soon. If they went to Leicester and got a win, I think that then I think everybody should start to sit up and take notice. But I just don't think that was, that's going to happen. I think Leicester, they're going to have Madison back um, from his from his sort of off-field transgressions that caused a, him to be left out of the squad last week. I think he'll be back. He'll have a point to prove. I think Vardy thrives in games like this against the teams near the bottom of the table. That's when he plays some of his best football. Um, and yet Ian Nacho is just in such good form that I think he's going to really enjoy the, this run of games as well. So I think I'm going to tip the, the 3 0 Leicester win. I think that they're going to bounce back quite emphatically against West Brom. And uh, yeah, I think we might see that West Brom resurgence sort of put into check. But yeah, I think that I, I think the next four games are crucial for Leicester. They probably need to win three of them, probably even all four of them because they've got a tough final three games. But um, yeah, I think that they will bounce back. And I think that. Even though they lost against West Ham, the second half performance will give them a little bit of confidence. And if they can reach the FA Cup final as well before this game, they'll be they'll be back on a high. And yeah, they'll they'll have more than enough to beat West Brom, I think. That would be interesting and it would be emphatic. Uh, a 3-0 win would be emphatic. And I'm going to go head-to-head against you on this one because I'm one of those people that's a West Brom believer at the moment. Um, I think they've kind of sorted things out defensively to to a certain extent and in terms of not being leaky at the back and not conceding cheap goals like you kind of have to earn your goals against them at the moment and I've enjoyed what they've been doing going forward personally I, I think they're starting to create good offensive patterns and I like some of the pieces that they have there you mentioned Pereira up there you, they've got Diang um, up there as well who holds up the ball I think really well and, and gets the rest of the team up the pitch and, and allows them to then be an attacking threat. I think this is going to be a fascinating game to to end a, a week of football. And I'm going to go with an upset here. I'm going to go with a 2-1 West Brom win. I don't know if it's the Liverpool in me that's speaking, you know, obviously having that hope that we get back into the top four as well. But I've kind of been a West Brom believer of late. And two wins on the bounce, I, I think they, they make that three wins on the bounce. And that would then make it very interesting for Leicester and, and what they do for the rest of the season. But as you mentioned, they've also got aspirations in, in, in terms of trying to get an FA Cup final in there as well. Maybe that might affect um, them heading into this West Brom game. That's kind of where I'm looking at it as well. Leicester have quite a lot of injuries and unless some of those guys start coming back, I know you've got, you know, the Madisons, the Chaudhrys, I think Perez as well, in terms of disciplinary reasons why they're not in the team. I would assume that they come back uh, for this fixture. I, I don't know how long they've they've been sin-binned by Brendan Rodgers because of the actions, you know, that they did. But I'm I'm assuming that he's going to have them back in and, and, and hoping that they can help with the depth in terms of rotation and navigating 
the next week. But Jake, that's going to do it for another episode of A Tad Predictable. Joe, Joe's, I mean, Jake, I almost called you Jose there for a second. Do you have anything you want to plug, put over or promote besides the, the, the points per game theory that you've got currently going on? No, I think that we really need to push this points per game theory. Uh, <laughs> I'm hopefully I'm only going to need it for this week, but I will push it while we need it. <laughs> but no, you can get me on my Twitter at Jigjack with two ends. I also write for EPL Index, and I'm on the EPL Roundtable Show, so you can check both of those out as well. Awesome stuff. Yeah, as as Jake says, um, EPLindex.com. You can go there, check out all of the content that's on the website. There previews reviews um player profiles as well i know jake you wrote an article on nabby cater and and what's sort of next for him do you do you want to plug that one a bit before we yeah i wrote a little bit on that after he was taken off against real madrid in the first leg in the first half i think that's the ultimate sort of uh stain on a player's uh CV at a club but it normally leads to some sort of either incredible revival or a player leaving and I think in Cater's place I think he's probably best suited in trying to go elsewhere especially if even James Milne is getting ahead of you I think that that's that's a sign that maybe Klopp has given up on him and I go into that and look at his stats compared to some of the other players and then what maybe could be left uh, next for him and um, Leicester I think have been linked so we look into that as well and see if he'd suit them but yeah, I don't know what your thoughts are on Cater, but I think that it's reaching a natural conclusion, sadly, after he was so hyped up to start with. I think just with the way Liverpool do business, he's getting to that stage where they have to either offer him a new contract or let him go. Um, otherwise, he's going to lose his value next season. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do let him go. In an ideal world, um, I think Klopp would want to keep him another season or two just to see if he can get it out of him. And that's kind of Klopp's nature to, he, he never wants to fail on being able to get the most out of any player. So I think he would personally want that. But from, as I said, from a club perspective, from how we do business, he needs to show something over the next uh, eight games or so. And whether or not he even is allowed to show anything you mentioned the likes of James Milner are ahead of him um I'm pretty sure Oxlade Chamberlain is ahead of him as well it, it's going to be a struggle for him to get into the team so we may well see him you know in other colors next season um Jake also mentioned the EPL roundtable uh Kev DeVries hosts that he sits down with a bunch of panelists from respective EPL teams such as Jake uh, they do reviewings and previewings of the happenings around the EPL you can also check out the daily show, The Two Footer Podcast with Dave Hendrick. Um, there's a whole host of topics that go around there. I think today's show, if you want to check it out, uh, would have been a questions. I, I know he likes to do questions on Thursdays. You can follow this show on the Twitter page, A Tad Predictable. You can follow at EPL Index on Twitter. You can subscribe to EPL Index podcast channel on your podcast providers. Um, give us a like. Give us five-star ratings give us comments positive comments that stuff really really helps us out i've been to the you can find me on my twitter handle at tad predicts the lovely lady that does our guest intros she's currently tied at the top of the leaderboard for banker or burnet jody mckinnis is at spursy 141 our producer behind the glass guy drinkle who absolutely bottled it this week um you can go and 
just go go tweet him at guy drinkle and and just share the disappointment that i have i'm sure you guys will be disappointed in in that poor poor last game getting one out of five uh from guy our, our executive producer um our awesome guest um the og king of bank of bernard we'll see if he can reclaim his throne and get back on top of the mountain jake is at jake jackman thank you so much for coming on jake and remember chisinga peri chinoshura Podcast Network.